When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I knew it. Another Heard at Media production. Welcome our guest, Carrie Farrell, who I could read her bio, but you would have to be here for a very long time because let's just say she's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, but so humble, had a big job, has a big job, helps a lot of people uh, in her life. And I feel so honored and blessed you're here. And I want to know, can I call you Miss Google? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no way. You cannot. That was back in the day. God, it was a long time ago. But those Google days were great. So uh, one of the things I want our listeners to learn about is, um, which I was fascinated when we were together in Denver, you shared about hiring because you were very instrumental in the hiring a lot of the people for Google back in the day. And as you know, in our country today, we're having a hard time hiring people, right? So in all industries across the board, what advice would you give to people out there to find great employees? Okay. Well, I can start off by saying like, um, the first thing about what was happening with Google at the time. So I was the second recruiter that was hired at Google in 2001. So there were about 150 people there. And the reason why I was hired, and I didn't want to be a recruiter there initially. I wanted to go into mechanical engineering. I was 100% unqualified for that. This was the job they offered me. And um, in taking that job, I initially started off as a contractor. Um in taking that job, we had such an uphill battle like to climb because we had to hire about, you know, 200 to 300 people a year and we were only 150 people. So imagine you've got to figure out who's going to interview who, who what types of people we're going to find, how can they be the best in industry? And all of these things are, are coming at us and we've got to figure out what the process is going to look like. So back then, I think Google created what would become, I think, one of the best and fastest recruiting machines uh, in, in technology or probably in any other um, any other place. And I worked with a really brilliant woman named Shona Brown who helped us create this. Um, so I learned a lot through working with her about what it means to hire people, if you hire people with intention and and the amount of people that have got involved with that, the interviewers, the feedback that you have to get, the honesty that you have to get from everybody who's doing it and the decision-making and all of it has to happen in a short window of time. So it's, it's a lot like, you know, your boat, like everyone's got to be all like hands on deck. Everyone's got to work together because otherwise 
you can't hire people. You can't hire people if you don't communicate and know what you need. Uh, you can't hire people if you don't move fast. You can't hire people if um, if you don't really have a goal in mind. So I think if we talk about what's happening these days, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of different and moving. Um, there's a lot of crazy scenarios that are out there with AI on the on the on the on this as well. Because if if AI gets involved with hiring, I think it misses out on some of the most important things, which is something you talk about all the time, which is character. Um, resumes will tell you everything you need to know about a person's ability to do a job, but until you meet them, you don't know if you can work with them or if anybody else can. So you got to meet people and you've got to be open, but you also need to know. And, and people always say you're not supposed to trust your, their go with your gut on hiring. I 100% disagree with that. You have to. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's so interesting because the yacht world's a little different because we live and work together. Um, yeah. One of the things I really liked, and I learned this when I got into media, because I never knew this before. And I think Google could have been the one who started this, where they had the workspaces, where they would sit around tables, like, you know, bean bags and things like that. And then when I went to 51 Minds, I was like, wow, they had toys. They created an atmosphere that was playful, creative, and uh, collaborative. And yeah, yeah. so that, that that's really important. And I think in a lot of companies, you know, even on the boat, like as a captain, I always made sure there was money in there, fun money, right? Also team building, where I could say, yes, I expect this from you. I expect, you know, the demand of um, return, but we're going to go whitewater rafting together and we're going to do some fun things. So would you say that that's really important in when you're hiring, yeah. I mean, I think one of the things, um, it's kind of interesting because Google, in the, the initial office where we were, which uh, was a, a really small office, um, when people would come in, so it wasn't set up like as a recruiter, you would think that you're actually making all these decisions. And I was in fact making none. So what my job was to do is to go out, greet this person. The receptionist has greeted them. We've got bean bags that are all over the place and like those little like exercise balls. And we would pay attention to where people would sit. Like, would you sit on an exercise ball? Would you sit on a bean bag? Would you sit in the actual like chairs? And how did you treat the receptionist? Like, were you polite? Were you rude? Were you demanding? Did you need things like all of these things? How did you treat me? Like, did this person walk in and were they like a jerk to me? And every week we would meet and talk about every single person that came in. And I would, it was me, it was called like the hiring council, me plus uh, it, like Larry and Sergey, uh, the founders of Google and these lead um, engineers, Orz, uh, this guy named Gnome, and like all of these Jeff Dean, we'd all sit around together and have these conversations and they would ask me, how, how, how was this person to you? And if I said like, Hey, they were pretty rude to the receptionist and, or they did this, or they said this to me and I found it really off putting immediately they're out, no matter how smart they are, no matter what the resume says, no one wants to work with mean the jerk. Yeah. You know, yeah. I wish, it's, you know, I think about our show and if they hired like that, we would not have a TV show. Right. <laughs> yeah. well, it would ruin everything. Yeah. But that, that is such great, like knowledge that you just shared that so many people now, I think in the corporate world and other, and even in media could learn from 
to sit, take yeah. the time. How many people just hire, don't want to teach, don't want to take the time to learn who that person is? Like you did like a case study within a short amount of time, which was really well, focused. It, it reminds me of one of like, what, we had this like list, which now is like all online, but at the time, like we had a list of questions that people would ask and then you'd hand the list to the next person doing the interview. But at the end, every person had to write down, is, are you willing to mentor this person? So if like, let's say, you know, they all say no, even if they did great throughout the interview, but you're not willing to mentor them, there's a problem. Like there's a problem there because everybody that comes on board is going to have to be mentored. And if you see that everybody at the bottom of that checklist says, absolutely, please, please let me work with this person. Let me mentor this person. That tells you everything you need to know. You need to work with people who, um, they don't have to be just like you. In fact, they shouldn't. They should be different from you. Um, that's what creates a good, diverse environment. But you also need to work with people who are open to learning. Um, and you need to be open to learning because this is a two-way street. Like, it, it goes both ways. Like, you're not going to be the expert all the time. And neither are they. So, that, it's, it's That is incredible. Absolutely. Like, I never really thought of that. Like, I never, I think because it's so innate in me that... If you hire someone, someone has to mentor them. And yeah. so, for example, if I hire a chief stewardess and she hires, I always allowed my team to hire their team, right? So they would give me yeah. their CV. They would talk to me about it. And I said, I trust you. I trust your instincts and you're responsible for them, <laughs> right? Of course, you got my support and I trusted them. And so, the, yes, and they mentored them. I never thought of that. That is, that is I think they should have... Um, people in corporations. Cause I work for a guy, he was the worst leader on the planet, honestly. And I told him, I go, you are, you're, you're terrible at leading. And I love him very much. Uh, he's a finance guy and yeah. you need me to come into your company and talk to your employees because you're terrible. And I don't think a CEO's door should be closed. I think it should be open. And right. so, so to assign mentors, that's such great information for companies Especially now, because so many people go here, here's your job description. That's it. Right. But how do you do that? And Google, it sounds like you guys created that. It's like that model's been lost for a lot of corporations. Because trust me, I do a lot of speaking. And you go, wow, you hear other speakers and you hear the information, but what turns the ear on, right? What right. makes it comprehend? Because we're all saying the same information in just different ways, but it's the same. And I think the model that you guys created is the model. And I think it could help a lot of companies. Right now, after the pandemic, a lot of the network people are working from home. You know, it's costing more money for some, right? Some mm -hmm. companies because they're not collaborating together in an office. You know, how do they fix that solution? And that's, I talk to a lot of my friends that are in leadership and I'm just like, find the solution to save money because obviously people wanna save money. Uh, you don't wanna cost them money. And you mm -hmm. want to find solutions. And so I just, me being in the media world now, fascinated when I walk into these companies and I think Google set the trend, you, you know, a part of that. And I just think you have so much to give so many people. And if they just listen to the carries of the world, they would probably have a better flow in their company and people would want to work for them. Right. So how did you create that atmosphere to make them want to stay and be loyal? That's a good question. I, I, that, 
I, well, I can describe it through what happened to me there and why I stayed. So like, um, for me, I had, uh, I had a boss, the boss that really like was influential. I had two really big, well, actually three really big influential women that I worked there. One was Shona Brown. She was on the executive staff at Google. Um, she was a really hard driver, very serious person. She forced me to learn and understand things that I didn't really understand. I don't have a business degree. Um, and she basically like gave, I had an MBA basically from her. Like she walked me through the importance of understanding data and, and how that relates to everything in relation to people as well. But like, you have to understand what you're reading and why, like you might love somebody, they might be great, but if they're not producing what they need to be producing, you either need to manage them up and better, or you have to manage them out. I learned a lot from her. And through that, I think um, another person that I worked for there was um, Megan Smith and Megan Smith is an engineer. She's an operator. She is probably one of, she is definitely the smartest person I've ever met in my life. Um, she was the chief of staff or sorry, chief of technology for the Obama administration. This woman, this woman taught me so much about believing in myself. I didn't have the same background as a lot of people at Google do. Um, I went to Cal Poly, like I didn't go to Stanford and almost everybody else went to an Ivy League. Um, and this this woman, Megan, uh, after I was working recruiting and wanted to move out, I, I moved all over the world with Google. I had opened up offices in London and Tokyo and we started our first office in New York and all of this stuff had happened. And I had learned how to do acquisitions and through that, she took over Google.org and said, you should come along and be a program manager over here. And I don't know anything about .orgs. And she sent me with a woman called Jacqueline Fuller, who is also a mentor to me, to learn about what it means. And so I think that that's the reason why I stayed at Google is because of people like this that that took an interest in me. And and I it gave me confidence to know that I could do things that I never would have dreamed I would have ever done. I would have never dreamed that I would go travel through Africa to try and figure out ways for Google to, you know, get fiber going. Like, why was that my luck? Why was that my lot? And it was because of Megan. Megan brought me there. Megan said, you can learn this stuff, even though I had a team of people underneath me who are all probably PhDs in climate or in access or in technology. And I was not, but they all wound up working for me. And we did this stuff together. That was pretty amazing. We worked on power, access to technology, um, governance, um, education, all of these white papers that we're writing together. It took me into a whole different realm of things that I, I never thought I would ever learn. So that's the reason why I stayed because I had more opportunities than I would have had anywhere else at any company in the world. It was unbelievably good timing and good luck and also great leadership and great mentorship. And it wasn't your resume. It was your character. And I guarantee you, like if we talk to your mentors, it was because your willingness, your character and your hunger to learn. And that, that is the making of an excellent, I, you know, for me, I always say you work with me, but obviously employees, but at the same time, Without that, you don't have anything. And I love they trusted you. They forced you into things. And that's what I say. Take them. Like, I'll teach my team, but there's some things they need to learn on their own. You know, like, I don't sweep in and save everything. When there's a disagreement in my world, very different than yours, a disagreement between two crew, I let them work it out. 
they, cause that's a skill set they need to learn, right? That's an emotional yeah. intelligence that they're going to develop over time. And I love your mentors pushed you to that point and they trusted you and they allowed you the space to learn. And that's what we need more of. I feel. Well, I mean, I read, I read your book and, and it, one of the parts where you're talking about having one of your crew, like I'm going to use the incorrect words, but park your boat. <laughs> like you had to, you, you had to tell them like you, you're going to do this. And you had, you went through that with your mentor, like you're going to do this and you're going to be fine. And it's just, it's having, it's knowing that someone's right beside you, they're working with you, but you, you at one point have got to jump off and do it. And you're right. It does take, it takes guts and you do have to, you have to have a, enough faith to do it on your own. You also have to be smart enough to not do it at a time when, when you're, when you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So it's, um, I agree with you. And I think that in your book, you really, you really present that pretty well. I think oh, it's great. Thank you. You know, I, my mentor, John Flynn, he, I remember once he goes, uh, I had to drive the boat through a bridge, but there was a barge and yeah. it was a brand new boat. And it was like, I can't do it. And he goes, no guts, no glory. So yeah. he took that's over. Exactly, that's exactly what I just read. And it was, it's true. It's like, yeah. you've got to go for it. At some point you're like, you're going to have to go a little bit faster than you're comfortable. Yes. Or you just stay where you are. Yeah. And you know, I remember that day and I just thought, okay, I can do this. And he goes, I'm right next to you. And he stood there and, you know, and I, another time I was docking a boat next to his boat. It was a 38 foot cigarette top gun next to his 67 foot Hatteras. And it's a current ribs in Fort Lauderdale. And I was just kept trying to dock the boat and I got scared. And he goes, just dock the damn boat, Sandy. And after he said that, I docked the boat. Sometimes you need a little kick. But um, yeah, you know how to do it. You know, you're, yes. you're instinctual about it. You feel it. He trusts you. He knows it about you. And it's just like knowing it about yourself. But it, you, you work hard to get to that point where someone's going to trust you when you can dock that boat. Yeah, exactly. We got to go boating next year. I'm buying a boat. We're going boating. We'll go up the, the coast. Now, that's the, I've, I've been on a boat with you before. That was yeah. a beautiful experience. Yes. You bought me a little orange bracelet. I remember. Do you remember doing that? <laughs> No, I don't remember doing yes, that. Yes, you <laughs> It was fun. Sunset. Where were we? Sunset Beach. Sunset Beach. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievably fun. I had the time yeah. of my life. That is such a great place to go vacation, the Hamptons. I'm like, why aren't there more yachts here? I mean, there's a lot of boats, but I just love, there's a lot of great beaches there. It's beautiful. I mean, I lived in California. I love California, but the East Coast has the boating, right? So you have places to go and anchor. So we got to do that oh, next cool. year. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I got to meet that crew, like you guys, Liz, all of these people who introduced me to so many more amazing people. This is the other thing, like it's this network, the network effects that, that occur out of like a few of your meetings. And if you actually treat these networks like with respect, these people will change your life forever. Like, and the, the, the way that the kind of the diaspora of people that spread out, uh, same with Google, same with you. Like we still talk, even though like, we don't see each other all the time. Like we met one time on this, on this boat and it's, it's changed my life forever. Um, I feel and, the same way. And then we saw each other in Denver and it's like, we've seen each other for years. It's really cool. And, and now you're joining my board and I'm just so happy. I'm it. Yes. I'm very happy. We got a, got a rock star board, by the way, um, building it. So I'm really happy. Uh, I, yes. And that's it. And it's for the listeners. Listen, put the time in, 
Um, don't lead with greed. Just really stay humble, grounded, remain teachable, and be a sponge. You know, learn as much as you can. I interview people before you, Carrie, who are in the media world, and they worked for free, right? They shadowed people. They wanted to learn because they knew what they wanted in life. And sometimes people were trying to find their way. Try everything until you find what resonates with you. And I love, like, your story. I just remember on the boat, I was totally fascinated, like, Cause you shared a little and I was like, wow, she's so smart. Cause you know, I didn't, I got kicked out of 11th grade. Um, and I just never thought I was as smart as my sister, but you don't have to be, you know, for me, I'm smarter. I'm smart in other ways. Like, yes, I'm not, I'm, I don't have a master's nor would I, do I ever want to work in that field? No, I would be terrible at it. That's why I let other people take care of that for me. I'm smart enough to know when to say no. Right. And I'm so, and that's it. It's like knowing your limitations. It doesn't make you less than it makes you better as a person because you're, you're being honest with yourself. When like, what would you say to that? Well, I 100% agree with you. Like, I think the things that we try and, and do or try and create for ourselves that are, are like, it's almost like, um, Oh man, I'm trying to remember, like I had a friend that used to say this thing. It's like, it's like your own fallacy. Like you're living, you're living a a fake life because you want these things to happen that are not really real. And, but you think that that's where you belong. Like I went to law school and I'll tell you where I did not belong. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Well, I'm a dropout. Like, cause it's like, these are things like that. It's, it's not going to make you happy. It's not a good match. I'm not good at it, but I could do it. You could do it. We could do it. Do you want to do it? Like, not really. And if you actually pay attention to the things and to the people that are around you, the work that they're doing, the things that are are fascinating, the things that actually make you like go, wow, that seems really cool. Like, and if you can follow those people and if those people are willing to like take you in and teach you, you will create a career that you never thought you would have or never thought you even wanted because it's where the people that you love and admire work and there's something to it if it does spark something inside of you. Um, I will, it's called an auto myth. It's like a, that's what I meant to call it. It's like a, an auto myth is something that you have ringing in your head that says you can or cannot do something. And either way it can take you down. It just takes you down bad paths because you're lying to yourself. And the more you lie to yourself, <laughs> you just get in dangerous waters and other things drive you greed and ego and things that, that are not going to get you closer to love. Right. And yes, and your true trajectory in life. And I, you know, I fell into this industry. I mean, I feel like I work in the best industry on the planet, of course. And, you know, I feel so grateful Uh, being on a TV show. I've, I've been given this platform for a reason and meeting people like you. Like I just, every time I look around, I think, wow, they trust me. I wasn't a trustworthy person. Now I have people that trust me, believe in me and empower me in so many ways. And I just want to give back like that and having you on just it's a highlight of my day. So thank you, Carrie. Thank you so much. Are you kidding? I rode in that gigantic uh, yacht with you, the way that you parked that bad boy. Like, oh, it was, it was something to see, Sandy. It was really cool. I have nothing but trust and respect for you. And I'm glad I know you. Thank you. Nothing's gonna hold me down.